When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? One on one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that tastes like London, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live some weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. <laughs> Maybe that was a moo. <laughs> Patrons get those perks. I'm your host. <laughs> I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's the secret ingredient in the Sif Pop recipe. It's Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy! Each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. What was that, my dear Andrew? It was it was supposed to be cow. Yeah, yeah. It didn't Does sound, it like, sound a like a cow. No, that did not sound like a cow. Oh, well, it's mislabeled. <laughs> what did it sound like? I don't uh, check these before I click on them. I just saw one say cow, and I'm like, oh, that's a... That seems appropriate. Um, yeah. I, I would say it sounded like maybe you were playing an old cassette tape and it ate the tape, maybe something like that. Um, oh, yeah, that was a very sick cow. <laughs> it's a very, very sick cow. A very well, sick maybe the deep. first cow ever sounded like that. We don't know. <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? All I know is it was nice because it took attention for from a, away from the way I pronounced available in the intro, which I think was more like a mailbevel or something like that. So, you know. A mailbevel. <laughs> whatever the case may be. <laughs> well, you know what? I wouldn't have noticed it until you mentioned it. So, yes. That's... It's just one of those things. It's kind of like the uh, whenever I used to do the. Uh... The uh, the buried treasure, you know, it just it's something for you. That's your buried treasure. Just something you just spat off out of memory, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, sometimes you stumble over a word and you don't even realize it. Yeah, you said buried treasure, but I'm I'm sure you meant uh, do we care, right? Isn't that what you're talking about? Every single week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's a, it's, it's a, good to hear your voice, man. It's good to hear your voice. Um, oh, thanks, buddy. We're coming to you just a little bit late this week, but no big deal. Uh, we do have a movie to talk about. We're excited to talk about First Cow uh, and uh, get into that a little bit. And, of course, we've got our buried treasure and renew best ever challenge about movies with animals in the title. And there are a bunch of those. That is a deep, yeah. deep bench. We got two. We got two, don't we, that we're talking about? We do? What else are we talking about? I thought we were talking about First Cow and Showbiz Kids. Oh, that's right. Yes, we are talking about Showbiz Kids as well. I totally skipped over that. Uh, I apologize. But uh, yes, we are doing a review for Showbiz Kids as well. Um, so, okay. So, <laughs> you're I like... like uh, I thought that's what the email said. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, email, sh- you know, shmemail or whatever. Email shmemail. <laughs> um, so, what are plans? 
Yeah, we will definitely talk about both of those things. Uh, That definitely will happen. But uh, let's get into it. Let's kick it off uh, with some first cow. What's your name? King Lou. They call me Cookie. My mother died when I was born, and then my father died. I never stopped moving. It's the getting started that's the puzzle. No way for a poor man to start. You have a cow. First cow in the territory. Same place for cows. There's no place for white men either. Two travelers, one on the run from a band of vengeful hunters in the 1820s Northwest, dream of striking it rich. But their tenuous plan to make their fortune on the frontier comes to rely on the secret use of a landowner's prized dairy cow. Um, What did you think of First Cow, Andrew? uh, Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I don't want to say I hated it. Then don't. But I hate it. But I hate it. <laughs> Interesting. That's very. That is not a reaction I would have expected from this movie. Um, so yeah. I'm. I'm very interested to dig into uh, how this movie impacted you in a way that would. Because like I can see this movie just like, eh, you know, like people having a meh reaction to it. But I. I. It's. It's hard for me to see where the hate comes from. So I'm excited to. To hear a little bit. Uh, hear a little bit about that as we kind of get into this. Um, this is uh, one that I'm on, like, right firmly in the liked it camp. Um, I, really? I, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to lean one way or the other within that category, it probably is on the lower side of liked it, but just barely. Uh, I like this movie. I, um, I can see myself coming back to it. I can see myself introducing other people to it. Uh, oh, it is. Those poor people. <laughs> Strong feelings. Strong feelings from Andrew. We've got a disagreement. It's nice. It's been a while. You know Andrew. what? I'll go with. I really didn't like it. No, you can hate it. That's fine. A lot of this. A lot of this hate. You know, we've talked about this before plenty of times. But hate is something you feel adamantly about, and as opposed to indifference. Right. I have a lot of indifference with this movie, but there are things I really don't like about it. Yeah. So that makes a little I'll more go sense. With really don't like. That makes yeah. a little more sense to me. I was, I was, I was trying to dig in my brain for what it might be about this movie that sparked something so passionate in you. Um, so that that makes a little a little more sense uh, to me. Um, well, I know we normally start off with pros, but let me throw this out, and maybe it'll give you a better understanding mm-hmm. for my feelings on this. So there are so many times when I was watching this movie that I was asking myself, why, why, why was it shot in one thirty seven one? Why was this scene in the movie? Why was this? Sh- uh, why was this necessary? How did this contribute to the movie in a positive way? Mm-hmm. You know, t- to to my viewing, quote unquote, pleasure. You know, uh, I and so many of those just came up with. I couldn't think of one, and for that reason, I felt either indifferent or I was mad at the movie. I felt like it was punishing me, but I didn't know what I did wrong. <laughs> That's not a good feeling. That's not a good feeling. Yeah. You bring up uh, one thing specifically, and you can bring up others as well, but you bring up the aspect ratio, and I'm kind of with you on that, which is one of the reasons I can't, uh, you know, brought over into the high side of liked it or into loved it, um, because you're right. I didn't understand why, and I know it's something that the cinematographer has done before, and I think they just like shooting in 4.3, and I don't, I, I don't. I don't understand it. It seems limiting to me in a way that that doesn't mean anything or doesn't you know bring any kind of 
uh, importance to it. Um, so yeah, yeah I didn't for get whenever it. you, yeah, for whenever you watch a movie like uh, that's supposed to be set in a certain era, like the seventies or the eighties, uh, I can understand that because you know it's supposed to bring back a sense of nostalgia. Like this was the aspect ratio of the time. But whenever you're doing a movie about the eighteen, or the early eighteen hundreds, there was no aspect ratio because there were no cameras. So <laughs> I don't really get uh, like what they were going for because if the movie is supposed to do one thing, and I think it does one thing good for me, I think the film does a great job of making you feel the environment that these people live in. From the beginning to the end of this movie, I just felt cold and wet, and. Uh, that leads to a con with this aspect ratio of it's taking away with these, you know, these black borders of more of this, what could have been potentially beautiful scenery shots, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, so, there's a bigger canvas. Why not use it? Uh, yeah. 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 I, 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 I'm with you on that. I'm totally with you on that. Um, and was one of a, a few things that, uh, that brought it down for me. Um, I guess I can throw out well, some... You definitely like it more, so go out throw some pros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me throw out some things I enjoyed about this movie. First, I guess I will say, just as an inter introduction, because I don't know if this is one that is that a lot of people will have seen. I think it's kind of on the pop culture radar. I know it's gotten some buzz. It's A24. Um, you know, so there's, there's you know, kind of it has a built-in fan base, the A24 crew. Uh, and so, you know, I, I've, I've been hearing buzzing about it, and so I wanted us to kind of talk about it. But, yeah. uh, but I don't know that a lot of people will have sought it out. And so I guess I will say, um, you know, because I, I did, obviously didn't know anything going into it, and you don't necessarily need to know anything more than we've told you, um, but it's not like you're looking at movie stars here. Um, you're not, there, there aren't any of the bells and whistles you're used to selling movies, right? You know, there's no, um, I guess, well, I guess I don't want to say it this clearly because everybody interprets things differently, but it's not like there's a, a huge twist or anything like that. Although the story does take movements and does, you know, do some interesting thing with inf information. Um, there's no big, you know, action scenes, so to speak. There's no big stars. There's not the big, you know, um, uh, the, the big soliloquy moment. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not one of those movies that's going to bring to the table. A lot of the things that movies have relied on to make people walk out. Uh, I say walk out in this case, uh, you know, turn the channel <laughs> or whatever we don't walk out of anywhere anymore yeah. uh going hey you know that was amazing um so and i think that's purposeful and i think that's kind of one of the things i did enjoy about the movie was that it didn't feel like it had to to you know force anything on me it really felt like this is the story it wanted to tell right from the opening quote that's in the movie it is a story about friendship uh, what friendship can look like, what it means, and what it would look like in this environment. And that's all the movie is trying to say. It's just trying to say, here's a story of friendship. Here's a story of two people and what happened in their lives in the early 1800s. And um, that I, it, the movie wants that to be enough. And at times, for me, it was enough. And that's why I think I ended up liking it. Uh, I, I bought into the characters. I... Um, enjoyed getting to know them, uh, kind of their story. It was an, an unlikely pair, and I liked that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it for me, it was simplicity, purposeful simplicity that I allowed myself just to go with, if that makes sense. Mm. 
Yeah, totally does. I get that. Yeah. But I I just had a different interpretation because everything you said I think is right. It's just that I came away feeling different. Like you say it's a simplistic, you know, story. I personally would call it a dull story. <laughs> Fair. And uh no no, I, I, I think that, you know, that's just a, a matter of opinion, you know. It's like one person can say, Oh, it's simple, but they can still find it entertaining where dull is a lack thereof. But it, they're close enough to where people can just interpret them just slightly differently. Here is my biggest sin with this movie. To steal it from you guys. <laughs> this is, hands down, and I firmly believe this, the slowest film I have ever seen. It is painfully slow. The movie starts with a black background credits, which I hate. I hate when there's nothing going on and during the, the, the pre-film credits, you know. And then, and I, I timed it because it was taking so long. It reminded me of the beginning of Spaceballs when Spaceball 1 is just going across the screen, you know, mm -hmm. and it takes forever. Yeah. There is a, uh, a barge going down a river for a minute and 17 seconds. Mm-hmm. And when all you're doing for a minute and 17 seconds is watching a barge go down river on a, on a still frame or on a still shot, it just feels like an eternity. Mm -hmm. And it does nothing. It does nothing. Well, it does to... It does nothing story-wise, certainly. There's, there's nothing about it that is integral to the plot. There's nothing about it that is integral to any of the characters. It is literally unrelated to anything else in the movie. Uh, spoiler alert! Apologies if that was you know something you were worried about. Yeah, if you were watching about first cow having to deal with a barge, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yes, I agree with you in that respect. However, it is doing something, and I think it is purposeful. Um, Punishing it, me in in a way, yes. In a way, absolutely. In a way, it's saying, okay, if you can't take this, get away now. You know, like in a way, it's saying. This is the kind of movie we're about to watch. We are going to live in this opening coda for you know five minutes or whatever the total of that that scene is, and it's going to feel like you are just hanging out in this field watching barges go by for you know a minute at a time. And, and I think in some ways it alters those uh, that pace expectation of the movie that right from the beginning it's going. Look, we're not making any bones about it. This is the kind of movie this is. This is a movie where a barge takes a minute to go by. And in right up front, we want you to know that. And so in some ways, it's, it's kind of setting the table for the movie to be able to have that, that atmosphere. It's almost like a palate cleanser, right? Like, that's what it's trying to do. It's trying to be a palate cleanser for how we're used to watching movies and just go, okay, drop that. This is different. This is slower. This is, you know, this is more lived in. Um, so I think that's what it's trying to do. Whether or not it succeeds at that is a completely different question, but I, I do think that's the purpose it's trying to serve. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still no I fun. I know you're right. <laughs> I know you're right. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, okay, so you brought up the acting, which I thought was fine. Nothing to write home about. It, it's always fun seeing Toby Jones make a, an appearance mm -hmm. in a movie. Sure. He's one of those, you said there are no big name actors. I think he's he's as close to a big name as you can get in this yes. movie. But uh, other than that, yeah, this is a, a pretty much a, a cast of, 
oh, I remember them from blank. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean... Which is fine. Unless you want to uh, go with Alaya, who was uh, maybe in, um, oh, what was the Arrested Development, uh, who was at the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad she was in the movie, you know? <laughs> Yes, yes. A major role of uh, a woman with dog, I think is how it's credited. Woman with dog. Yeah, um, woman with dog. Yes, yes. Very important, very important role. Uh, Which, you know, honest, I mean, I mean, we make fun, but if if I'm to understand the movie correctly, it is kind of an important role. Like it is, it is, you know, maybe the key to unlocking the, in, the entire thing. Um, so anyhow, <clears throat> without trying to get too but, tricky around that. Yeah, without getting too tricky, uh, my ca- <clears throat> sorry, without getting too tricky, let's just say for me, that didn't serve towards the, I guess you could say the what the movie intended. I don't think that it helped in any way. If anything, it made, uh, I guess you could say where the movie was going to be going less interesting, because. I knew. For, uh, I can't say it without getting into spoilers. I don't think. So. I don't know. I kind of liked it because you don't know. Like it's it's one of the it's one of the most interesting versions of. Um, I bet you're wondering how I got here. That movies do all the time, where it's like you start off with you know something that's halfway into the movie or all the way at the end of the movie. Uh, Extraction is a great recent example of it. Um, you know, they just uh, lots of horror movies do this for some reason. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's, it's just kind of one of those things that for whatever reason has become a, a trope or a cliche of, you know, I bet you're wondering how I got here and you start with something. And this, this is kind of one of the most interesting versions of that I've seen, like, because there's not, there's there, it is so definitive and yet not definitive how this movie starts. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of disagree there. I kind of, I kind of like the ambiguity of what that beginning could have meant that it didn't end up meaning. Mm. Good for you. <laughs> you were a hundred percent certain you knew what that beginning was about the whole time. Well, I'll just say time period wise, you know, it's like it's, I know it's left up to like you say ambiguity, but at the same time, it doesn't serve anything because of time differences. Like, there's no way that I can't. If if we do a spoiler on this, which I hope we don't, because I don't think there it. This movie, you know, needs a spoiler cast, but I don't think that because one takes place from. Ah, can we just say what the first <laughs> act is so I can. I well, can actually say what I want to talk this. about. Let's let's do this, Andrew. Let's just do a quick let's just do a quick sif spoil afterwards. It doesn't have to be anything long. We can just we'll just talk about the beginning and the end. And that's all we'll do in the sif spoil. Okay. And you know, that way we'll we'll, you know, hold the integrity of the the spoilers uh for the episode proper and and we'll just, you know, you've got that other episode in your feed that you can uh, listen to yeah. if you've seen the movie or if, or if you want to. And it, it's only going to be like a five-minute episode or whatever, but we'll, if, we'll, yeah. we'll cover that stuff then. Because I also have some stuff to say about the beginning and the end that is another reason uh, that I like the movie. And uh, I think it has the beginning and the end work together to me to say something very meaningful. And um, I appreciated that. So I do want to talk about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you want to talk awesome. about? 
did you honestly did you not feel did you not feel that the movie was often uh, authentic because i i felt one of my favorite things about the movie was i felt like i was really in that era watching those people um you know watching that friendship develop uh yeah let's go with like costume design and the way uh, the the sets and everything are set mm-hmm. up yeah it was very well done i will give the movie credit for that everything it it didn't feel like they uh you know just slacked around and tried to put you know a half decent set together i think that they really tried to give respect to the time period and to make it look as authentic to what it probably was as possible so mm-hmm. yeah yeah hey i said something good about look at you look at you go look at you go i love i love this movie <laughs> All, all of a sudden, it's the best movie that's, ever. That's, that's that's all you needed to win me over. Hey, great set design, great costume. You know, there's also the aspect of, and, and maybe this is. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Top Chef lately, and uh, there was a lot. There was some cooking in this uh, episode, uh, and uh, it kind of a very, uh, you know, early 19th century version of Top Chef uh, going on at points yeah. during, during this episode. And I was like, that kind of made me smile. Um, but I did, and I also craved those, you know, those little, uh, you know, puff pastries they were making, uh, you know, that yeah. was absolutely like elephant ear kind of things. Yeah. Oh, they look so good. So good. Um, they did actually. And I think that's part of the, when I talk about the authenticity of the movie too, that's part of it is that I felt like when their business was doing well, I was happy for them. And when, you know, things were tense, I felt tense. And when, they were serving their cakes. I felt like, you know, uh, I, I felt I could taste them almost. I don't know. There was something about this movie that really worked on like a like an actual uh, tactile, put you in the world kind of way. It's it's interesting. It's not doing world building. It's not what we talk about when we talk about movies that are world building movies. But it's but it's like doing like world uh, enveloping. Like it's it just it feels like it the felt wor- lived in. Yeah, exactly. And and I don't know that that to me goes a long way to help me put up with any kind of uh, pacing that might be a little slower. I just when something's slow and I don't want to be there. That's the worst for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't mind if something's yeah. slow and I want to be there and I don't mind, you know, looking around at different things or feeling the authenticity. But uh, when, something, when something is slow and arty for art, you know, art's sake kind of thing, that's when I start to get really annoyed. And I have one or two of those movies every year during award season where it's like, uh, you're just, you're just, you're, it just, it feels like it's trying too hard to be an artsy movie. You know what I mean? And, this one, yeah. this one actually bordered on that a couple times, but not to the point where it, it started to annoy me. I, I really felt like it was telling just a genuine, authentic story in this genuine, authentic world. So I went along with it. Mm. Uh, yep. I don't think there's an end credit scene to steal your one more thing. So, uh, dang, you got it. <laughs> yeah, uh, no post credit scene. Not that I looked. Right, you were out of there, out of there quickly. I was. Uh, so yeah, so interestingly enough, I don't think we are, uh, in, in concert on this. Uh, I would say if you are a movie lover, uh, who can go into it with an understanding of what you're getting yourself into, um, you may enjoy the story. You may enjoy the hour and a half to two hours. I don't even know what the, the running length was. It never felt long to me. I'm sure it did to you. So it was exactly two hours. Okay. So it was two hours long. Wow. I thought it was shorter than that. Um, that's interesting. You probably thought I it didn't. was longer than that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, 
But anyhow, and I would say if you like watching paint dry, this is the movie for you. Well, it is some beautiful paint that uh, changes interesting textures as it dries. Uh, I think that is that is an apt uh, metaphor. <laughs> it is like watching paint dry when you're fascinated by the paint that's drying. Um, so if you are up for that, I would recommend it. Uh, if you are not, if if you need, if you want explosions and big speeches and you know big stars, this is definitely not the movie for you. Um, but there's something. Well, there. I don't want it to come across that that's what that's what I was expecting no, 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 from no, no, this no. movie. No, I wasn't expecting a Michael Bay explosion fest. You know, right? But I was expecting you know interesting characters trying to do something you know, intriguing for the time. Even if it was simplistic, you know, make me care. And the movie didn't make me care about these people. Yeah, but I, all I'm saying is it's a different movie if it stars, like, Hugh Jackman and Ken Watanabe. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's there's a sure. there, there's an element of bigness that this movie doesn't have in any regard. And I think that's important to know going in. So, yeah. 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 There you go. That is First Cow. Um, you can check it out. If you like, let us know what you think. I'm always, I'm always really curious uh, what you think, especially when Andrew and I disagree. Which, by the way, I, I'm glad it's happening. It hasn't happened in a while, Andrew. It's nice to, to uh, you know, see yeah, different sides of something. A, we've been a kind of going uh, tit for tat when it comes to like, oh yeah, you like that movie? Uh, so do I. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been, it's kind of been that kind of. I love it whenever you and I clash or butt heads. You know. Yeah. Yes, we are buttheads, that's for sure. Um, uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to showbiz kids. I came from a family of artists. It was just kind of normal because everyone did it. At six years old, I was taking dance classes. I was the only kid who seemed interested at all. I thought, I could do this. I could do this acting thing. I started to work. The life of a child was not my life. I was really a little girl that wanted to play with dolls. We're doing the best that we can do on the set, but we also have to live in public. Showbiz Kids offers an unvarnished look at the high-risk, high-reward business of working as a child actor in the entertainment industry. The film chronicles the personal and professional price of fame and failure on a child. Those who know the industry best, including several successful child actors and two aspiring hopefuls, unpack their own complicated experiences as they reconcile the hardships they've faced and sacrifices they've made on their way to finding success in show business. This is an HBO documentary film. Um, if you've got HBO Max, you've uh, got access to it uh, right now. And uh, is brought to us uh, by a child actor himself uh, who has gone on to uh, be... Uh, Either Bill or Ted, I always get. Which one's Keanu and which one's Alex? I can't. I always. Uh, uh, Keanu is Ted Theodore Logan, and okay. Alex Winter is Bill S. Preston. So this is Squire. Bill. This is Bill S. Preston. Alex Winter uh, directing this, and uh, it is uh, like I said on HBO Max. What did you think, Andrew? Did you like it? Love it? Dislike it? Hate it? Or is it just okay? Uh, I liked it. Close to really liked it. Yeah. I think I'm on the loved it side of this one. Um, I just, I, I, and I was going to say low side of loved it, but honestly, I'm not even sure what I would take points away from. So I'm interested to hear, you know, kind of if, if there's, you know, things that, that you found that you didn't like. I, I just have, uh, I just think this is, this to me feels like a documentary that should have already existed. 
and I can't oh, yeah. I can't believe it doesn't in this form, and it does it so well. And certainly not every child, you know, the 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 uh, movie touches on many child actors who don't have interviews uh, in this, including um, Brooke Shields or you know some some of those. Uh, yeah, the Olsen twins the Olsen or Macaulay Culkin. Tw- right, yeah. Um, but it does have a lot of ones that are not necessarily the first ones you would think of, but are telling important and honest and vulnerable stories. And I just found myself connecting to everything that these people had to say about what it was like. And I came away from this documentary going, maybe children should never be in movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's that... It's that powerful for me that I'm just like, maybe it's a mistake. You know, maybe, maybe we only adults get to act now, <laughs> like, uh, which I know is ridiculous, but that's kind of the, the, how the movie makes you grapple with the, the natural consequences of child stardom, you know, uh, yeah. and, and how it's, it's been the case since the silent film era. You know, the, the movie actually interviews, um, you know, uh, someone who was a child star in the 20s. And that's just, you know, it's fascinating how the more things change, the more they stay the same in those regards. So what did you think? Tell me what you, yeah. what you thought of this experience. How was it for you? Oh, um, well start, obviously it's very powerful and eye opening. The subject matter of this documentary, like we've said, is something that definitely had to have been brought to the spotlight and, uh, shown for what it really is. I think it's, I always think it's fascinating when the film industry can turn on it, turn and look at itself and say, what are we doing wrong? You know, mm-hmm. Because sometimes it feels like such a uh, a closed-off secret society, you know? Like, uh, there's so many things hidden behind the shadows. But now I think things are starting to come out that, like, people are saying, hey, uh, just because these are celebrities doesn't mean that really, truly terrible and traumatizing things aren't happening to them, you know? And... Sure. There are uh, people in this documentary who are giving testimony and talking about things that happened to them that I didn't know uh, are no longer with us, which just kind of, it it makes it that much more powerful and painful. Um, uh, yeah, it's just, I won't say it's a very well done uh, uh, documentary because I do have, my, my one con, I'll say this, is I don't think it's a very well edited documentary. Hmm. I think that it felt very sporadic and spastic at times uh, when someone was being interviewed and giving you know their profession of what they went through. Uh, it didn't feel connected to an overarching like theme or theme might be the bad bad word, but like a specific topic. Like if Will Wheaton was talking about one thing that he was going on, you know, like, uh, there was an abusive director. Let's just make that an, an mm-hmm. example, you know? Sure. Like, Will Wheaton's talking about an abusive director. It would then ta- uh, skip over to uh, Mia Jovovich or uh, Henry Thomas, and it wouldn't connect to what Will Wheaton was talking about. They would be talking about how uh, their co- or co-actors were, you know, not nice on set or something like that. Like, or 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 uh, Evan Rachel Wood, we'd be talking about like an abusive parent. I don't 
I'm probably getting all of these wrong, you know, like sure. Evan Rachel Wood's parents and stuff like that, but I'm just throwing out examples. It didn't feel like there was a cohesive flow to everything. Now, towards the end of the documentary, I think they kind of uh, honed it in and it felt more cohesive, but definitely in the beginning, it felt like it was jumping around. Like uh, somebody would give like a one-liner for what they went through and then it would jump to somebody else for a one-liner on what they went through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I don't want that. I don't want it to sound like, Oh, there's too many people in this documentary because I think every single person had something very important and very fascinating to say. It's just the editing for the documentary, I think could have been cleaned up a little bit, but that's my only negative. I want to be clear on that because everything else is just, I couldn't stop watching it, really. Nice. And maybe I was so distracted by how the information was hitting me that I didn't notice that. Uh, it's certainly not something I picked up on. I, I felt like it... I never felt jarred out of it. I felt like it flowed uh, fine for me. Um, you know, I kind of got into the rhythm of, of you know, what it was doing with inter intercutting all these different stories, which I kind of appreciated because, uh, you know... It would have been a very different documentary if we just spent, uh, here's a chunk of time with Henry Thomas. Here's a chunk of time with Will Wheaton, you know, and I, I oh, yeah, like that we, yeah. you know. It would have uh, felt episodic in that way. Yes. Yeah. I mean, speaking of episodic, though, I did come away from this. When the, one of the main things I came away from this uh, thinking was, I kind of want this to be a series. I kind of want the next, you know, half dozen to a dozen child stars to tell their stories because there are so many, right? And it's it's one of the oh yeah I I just think it's so valuable for us to hear how this is impacting um, these kids so that even as we decide that you know that it's impossible to tell stories without children you know um, because children are a part of stories and that we can at least try to do it in in more uh, with more empathy and figure out how somehow to help these kids and. I just I I don't know. I, I wonder at some point if they're if a lot of what they deal with does have to do with just their particular situation, but there are just too many through lines to these stories that it has to be uh somewhat related to just the general act of having kids perform and be the center of attention. So um yeah, I, I I'm I'm definitely wanting more and I I really thought this was important uh, in many ways. Um, what were some yeah. of your favorite uh, stories or uh, some of your favorite um, subjects that were interviewed? Uh, definitely for me, just because <clears throat> I've always loved uh, hearing from him, it's Will Wheaton. He's he's the one that I kept going, like, uh, not wanting to hear more from because I know everybody's talking about something traumatic, so you don't want to hear it. But at the same time, you feel like you you should hear it. So I want to be clear on that. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, going from... Because he had an interesting uh, time as an actor going from uh, Stand By Me and then going to Star Trek, you know. Uh, I Just the way that he handled that was fascinating because... He's also talking about River Phoenix, which we all know was a very tragic story. And hearing, uh, I'd never heard Joaquin's uh, phone call to the police, mm-hmm. but that just that just broke my heart. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was, and, it was rough. Yeah, 
there's a lot of roughness in this movie, but it, you feel obligated to uh, to watch because it reminds you of all the times you've been, even as you know people who uh, criticize movies, you know, you know, or give our opinions on them. Sometimes we talk about child actors, you know, and we talk about like, oh yeah, they gave a, a good performance uh, for for a kid, you know, and stuff like that or something like that. But then it kind of makes you think of, have I ever said anything that could have been construed as, you know, hurtful or, you know, mean to a kid? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. sometimes we keep thinking kid actor, but the first word of that is kid, mm-hmm. you know, and it yeah. just makes you realize like, oh, these are these are little kids they are giving up their childhood to try this. Mm-hmm. And we're we're critiquing them on the same level as professionals you know yeah. adult professionals yeah. and it, it did you question at yourself at all like do you did you ever think like have i been unfair or you're like no i've always tried to you know keep a level head on this because it made me think i don't think i have ever been saying like oh this kid needs to stop oh they're awful you know i don't think i have but it made me question if i had you know i think if you combed uh through the what, 250-some episodes that we've done uh, or that wow. I've done uh, that Sif Pop has, has been on, um, I bet you could find something that I would not be happy that I said uh, as far as in yeah. regards to a child actor. Uh, I will tell you that um, I have been aware of... In, in fact, I think we've even talked uh, privately and also I think on the show we've even said when there are child actors... Um, we either praise them or say there are child actors in this movie understand yeah you know we we try not to get too specific um and certainly i don't think i've ever like dug into a kid you know where it's like that kid was awful and like i just i can't imagine that i would have done that but i am human and uh it it is one of those things where it's very possible somebody may throw some audio in my face and i'll just be like yeah i feel awful about that and it's certainly again one of the reasons why watching this is good to become more sensitive to the fact that these are children, not adult professionals. Yeah. And they, in many cases, I, I think I could say in all cases because of their age, didn't sign up for this. This is not something that, you know, even if they told their parents, I want to do this thing, right? They are so I don't think young. they understand the gravity exactly. of it. And, and, and by the way, and, and not to take it to a, a darker place, but that is the idea of statutory rape as well, is the idea that there is an age at which children should not be, uh, or young adults even, should not be um, responsible for their own decisions is not the, word, the phrase I'm looking for, but it's one of those things where... Um, they're not aware of what you are, they've actually signed up for. Right. You are we responsible. We as an adult are, but they aren't. Exactly. That's what I'm going for. You as an yeah. adult are responsible. Um, and we can't put that on them all the time. Anyhow, uh, yeah, I, I think it is, it is an eye-opener and definitely reestablishes my commitment to uh, when we review movies to, um, to not bring attention to the negative parts of a child's performance. Um so, you know, we talked about Stand By Me recently. I don't remember what I said about that. I mean, that's an easy one because those kids were amazing, right? But, yeah. um, you know, that is Will Wheaton. That is River Phoenix, um, you know. So, 
I don't know. I, I and like I said, I'd love to hear Jerry O'Connell's story and you know whoever. You, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things where yeah. um, I, I I was listening to Evan Rachel Wood and just how transparent she was being, um, and in Will Wheaton as well with his him talking about his parents. And it's just it's it's heartbreaking, and it's it's one of those things where good for you for you know I, I I'm sorry for all the work that you had to do to find peace with such you know traumatic things as a child um but good for you for for taking the journey you know and working your way there and um yeah i i liked will wheaton uh evan rachel wood was probably the most impactful to me i don't just the Mm -hmm. the the firmness and confidence with which she spoke of her past and how that impact her um mara wilson was great too uh the kid from fire really appreciated her um, I thought it was touching to see Cameron Boyce's interview, uh, you know, knowing that he died shortly thereafter. Um, yeah. He just seemed, Which I didn't know. Yeah. And it just, that's what was like, oh, that just broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't, and it wasn't, I, sh- I you know, I'll be clear. It wasn't, um, you know, he just, he had an epileptic seizure when he was asleep. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, the, he just seemed like a shining light in those interviews. You know what I mean? Like it was just like he seemed yeah. so mature about the way he was transitioning. That whole thing where he's asking about, you know, swearing in the documentary and being a Disney kid and that kind of stuff and Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was it was really interesting look. The Henry Thomas stuff was amazing. That that ET audition, had you ever seen that before? The Henry Thomas I've seen that a long time ago and it blew my mind. I'm like Yeah. And you hear Steven Spielberg in the back go, congrats, kid, you got the job. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, he deserved it. He was amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, Mia Jovovich, though, I think hers was the most heartbreaking because it it felt the most predatory mm-hmm. towards her. Sure. You know? Yeah, definitely. And uh, because of hers, especially because of hers, it just, I found it unbelievable that's, that people can go through what almost every single one of these people that are being interviewed go through and come out a halfway decent slash sane person. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, kids being in movies and stuff, I I, I get that, you know, that it kind of has to work that way. But as far as like putting kids on the red carpet or making them do interviews or making them, you know, do photo shoots and stuff like that, I think that that is really what needs to go away. Yeah. I think that that might be the, a big problem. Maybe, yeah. Forcing, Maybe. For, forcing kids to be flaunted over just is wrong It's weird. and Yeah, yeah. the publicity aspect of it um, yeah. is maybe something we should, uh, that we should question, I think is, is absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there you go. Showbiz Kids, uh, huge recommend from me. Uh, I think oh, yeah. Andrew would recommend it as well. Uh, I think again, yeah. it's a, a good look into something that maybe we don't think about a lot, uh, and will kind of change the way you um, you think about kids and kids superstar children. Um, it's an interesting thing. That we our didn't. Does. We didn't really talk about uh, besides you know those being interviewed who were you know. Uh, child stars there's also like we said two cases of two uh possible up and coming you know kids you know mm-hmm. uh 
did you ever feel in this like their parents were trying to push their dreams onto their kids or did you think that the parents were fair and being like if they want out they're out you know how did you feel ah uh, you know it's interesting because when you when you bring the parent aspect into it you know those those segments made me feel what i often feel about overachieving um children and parents who you know uh, push them to overachieve. Uh, you know, I, I just always get uncomfortable. I just always, and, and I, and I think, um, I think they were fine. I, I didn't watch that and go, Oh, those are awful parents or those are quote unquote stage, you know, parents, um, and overbearing. I didn't feel that way, but I still felt icky. And I think it's just because, for me as a parent, if if my kid were to come to me and be like, I want to be a superstar, like we'd have a conversation um, and we would have a conversation about the resources we were willing to invest in that opportunity, which is very few. Um, you know what I mean? Like there, there would be, yeah. I, I just, I wouldn't, it would be hard for me. Uh, to know what that would look like in my in my own life, because I would first want to to check in with them about their spirit, their you know what is it about that that's attractive to them? Uh, is it the popularity? Is it you know that you want um, you know eyeballs on you, or do you do you just love to perform? There are good things and there are, there are bad reasons to do that. I mean, I'm a performer. Yeah, you know, I was I was a kid in plays, and you know, I I start in the you know, the town production of Huck Finn when I was in fifth grade. Like, I get it. Like, I I, I love that. I played basketball. You know, the sports is another aspect of this. Um, gymnastics is another big one like this because, you know, those oh, yeah. kids are so young. Um, so, yeah, kid prodigies in sports, uh, kid prodigies in music. Uh, you know, it could be anything where you put a bunch of eyeballs on a child and just say, hey, now you got to live up to this. I don't know. I just feel like I'd be a lot more careful about that. But at the same time, I don't know. You you don't want to be. You also yeah. don't want to be just like no. You don't. You can't do that. Um, but yeah, we'd have a serious, a very serious conversation. I just feel like in both these cases, these parents were going out of their way to facilitate, you know, this thing. And in one of the cases specifically, and I, I won't say which one for many reasons, uh, including ones we've already talked about in this episode. But, you know, one of the instances I'm, I'm just like, you know, I, this isn't something you should keep doing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, yeah. it feels, it feels like you have to have a more realistic view of what it means to be a child and, um, and, and go be a kid, man. You know, I don't know. It's, 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 it is hard for me. It is difficult for me. And I try not to be judgy, and I try to put myself in those parents' situation, and I don't know. I don't think until you're there, you really know. Yeah, do you think that it's possible because in this documentary, those two stories are kind of encompassed with all of these horror stories that are happening that you kind of... Your your sense your sense of worry for them yeah. is just tightened. It's almost like a horror movie. It's like, get out! Get out of the house! Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I'm right there with you, and I will definitely be recommending this one to a lot of people because it's a story everybody knows, but nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know, I, everybody I knows, agree. like, oh, it's awful being a child star because we, we hear so many awful stories, you know, 
about, you know, child stars being lost to drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. And we just need to, we need to bring it to spotlight so change can happen. Yep. I agree. I agree. Uh, again, it's Showbiz Kids and you can watch it on HBO. Before we head on yep. to the best ever challenge for the day, big old thank you to the Sift Pop members. Uh, you can become a member at Patreon, patreon.com slash siftpop. And it starts at three bucks a month and lots of fun perks that come along with that, including all of our Sift Pop members. Get every bonus episode in your own podcast feed. If you have any questions about that, let us know. Um, we really appreciate our members and uh, love all the fun stuff that's going on there. Um, and uh, as well as at SiftPop.com. So lots of that stuff ends up uh, for the members as well. So you can check that out again at Patreon.com slash SiftPop. All right. Uh, let's do our best ever challenge. We are doing best ever movies with an animal in the title. Now, I will tell you, uh, because this is such a deep bench, uh, I went very literal on this, uh, that it actually had to be an existing animal in the title. So I, for me, I nixed like How to Train Your Dragon, because dragon is not an actual animal. Oh, yeah, 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 you know. yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, those kind of things. Yeah, let me go through mine. I think I did that too. Yep, I did the same thing. Yeah. Um, there's one. I will say there's <clears throat> one movie that would have been high on my list, probably in at number three. But I decided, I decided I was going to be pretty strict about it. Do you want me to to say it, or do you want me not to say it until afterwards, in case you decided to to keep it? Go ahead. Parasite. No, I thought about parasite, but I'm like, right? that's not an animal. That's that's a a, a, a species or it's a, a category. A familia, of some yeah. It's a category, yeah. Right, yeah. But yeah, because I was right there with you. I'm like, nope, I didn't put it in because it's not actually an animal. It's a category. Yes, exactly. Good. So well, we're go on the see same that page. movie. Go see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> we are on the same page. All right, let's go from number yeah. five to number one. We usually have Andrew start, so I'll go ahead and start this time. Um, right, before you do, I just want to say I have twenty on total so 15 honorable mentions and why i have so many is because i could see every single one of these 20 being in somebody's top 100 movies of all time yeah yeah i i actually have 20 honorable mentions in uh, in addition to my top five so yeah there's, there's oh, okay a bunch. so all right what are your number five my number five is chicken run uh good call i I knew it love this movie and i love it uh even uh more after watching um the the great escape right isn't that the name of that movie um oh uh, artem's new one or no the uh what the movie the chicken run is based on i I just watched it's an old movie with oh papillon (laughs) no no uh i think it is based on the great escape What's that? Yeah, Great Escape. Yeah, The Great yeah, Escape. That's Steve what I said. Steve Queens is a great escape. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was funny because in watching The Great Escape, I'm just like, man, they stole that from Chicken Run. Like every, you know, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyhow, I love it even more now because of that. It comes in at my number five. What's yours? Mine is a little bit of a darker movie than Chicken Run. Sorry. I'm going to go with Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah. I had that in my honorable mentions. That's on the other end of the spectrum, but uh, a little bit. Yeah, if you want to be if you want to be terrified for what is it? It's got to be 
it's not a long movie, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. It's only like an hour and a half or something like that. But yeah, if you want to be terrified for an hour and a half and have Anthony Hopkins stare at you without blinking and just say eerie, eerie things, yeah, go check it out. It's a brilliant movie, but it is it's rough. It's a rough one. It is a rough one. What's your number four? My number four is Lady Bird. Um, I feel like this is one we need to talk about a little bit more. Definitely one of my favorite of that year, just a few years ago, and I feel like it's kind of floating there in the background, and people know that it's that it's great, but uh, let me shout it from the rooftops one more time. Lady Bird is an amazing movie, and um, I think Saoirse Ronan is one of our greatest actors working right now, and I absolutely yeah. w- love what she's doing here. So shout out to Lady Bird in at number four. Yeah, I think, I think Saoirse Ronan is going to be the next Meryl Streep, you know, just getting... Oscar after Oscar. Yeah, could be. I think that's going to be her. Uh, my number four, I'm going to go with an oldie, but one of my favorites. That's Dances with Wolves. Yeah. I, I say oldie, it's 1990. But uh, uh, this is not a, a quick watch. This is a <laughs> much longer movie yeah. than an hour and a half. I think this one's like uh, two and a half to three hours. 181 minutes. So, oh, there's an extended cut that's 236 minutes. Nice. Wow. Wow. Where is that? Four hours, man. That's insane. It's great. But I would watch it. I'd watch that because it's it's fascinating. It does what First Cow does not. It's (laughs) slow paced, but I care about these characters and I want to see where the story goes because there's actually stakes in this movie that I feel that I'm compelled to learn about. Wind in His Hair is one of my favorite movie characters ever. I think that Kevin Costner is just destroying... The 90s was like Costner mania, you know? He was mm-hmm. directing and acting and everything, and he was just slaying... Yeah, if you have not seen Dances with Wolves, cannot recommend it enough. I love that movie. You know what's crazy is... Well, first of all, I don't know if you know this, but the extended version that's four hours long is just Dances with Wolves with uh, First Cow intercut into it. Uh, as kind of a side story is (laughs) yeah wow Um, well i think that they're roughly around the same time period so yeah yeah Yeah, it makes sense (laughs) now Uh, now that i think about it i do remember kevin costner just walking in the background yeah he was actually the one driving that barge that's right you know at the beginning yeah yeah yeah. um the other thing (laughs) what i was gonna say is what's amazing is kevin costner stars in a television show that is apparently one of the most popular TV shows on TV that I just heard existed, and I I feel so out of pop culture when these kind of things happen. Yellowstone, I'm, yeah, Yellowstone. When these kind of things happen, I'm just like I I I have failed. I cannot call myself a pop culture guru anymore. How did I not know this show existed? Have you ever watched Here's Yellowstone? It's Yellowstone's on the Paramount Network, and not a lot of people have the Paramount Network. Okay, uh, it's a good show. It is a good show. Um, I won't deny, but it's just, it's unfortunately, it's on one of those networks where if you don't have it, then you're not going to see it because it's not on like Netflix or HBO or anything like, or on Hulu. The reason I heard about it is because it is on the Peacock. And so apparently people are getting, Mm. uh, exposed to it that haven't been before. So, um, so yeah, so NBC's got it on their new streaming service. And so I might, I might go check it out, but, um, Cost- You'll like it. I think you will. Costner doing full Costner is great with me. I think that man's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, Hatfield McCoys. Did you ever watch that? No, I didn't. Ooh, that's that's your homework right, All right there. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, so Dance with Wolves was my number four. Uh, your number three? My number three, you might trump. Uh, my number three is the Lion King. Uh, the OG. Yeah. All right. So what's your number three? Oh, sorry. I'm going to go with the Wolf of Wall Street. Also in my honorable mentions. You're just you're just knocking off all my honorable mentions, Andrew. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's what I'm here for. Um, yeah, uh, I think that I think this might be Leo's best performance. I think he should have won the Oscar that year. I can't remember who he lost to, but if I had to choose between what I thought was his best performance between this and The Revenant, I honestly think that I would go with this. I think that The Revenant is just him trying to be as extreme as possible and not having a real f- f- uh, well-developed character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Wolf of Wall Street is just him just chewing up scenery and it's glorious from minute to minute. The cocaine Popeye scene is still one of my favorite scenes ever. <laughs> Leo's great so. in everything though, right? Like you could you could even make an argument that Titanic is his best performance. He's incredible in that yeah. movie. And people you look over it because the role that he's playing is so much more of a teeny bopper role except he's he's like killing it. Like the the yeah. the actual believability and I mean he make he and Kate Winslet make that movie work and it's yeah, I I think Leo is is incredible as well. So, yeah, I got I, I, I just rewatched uh Gangs of New York mm-hmm. the other day. Sure. And I was like everybody talks about how amazing Daniel Day-Lewis is in that movie for good reason, but Leo's going toe to toe with yeah. him you can't you know so yeah he's he's good we we've known it ever so. since you know something was was eating gilbert grape you know like we yeah we've known that that leo has the chops and he keeps doing it time after time so very nice yeah he was nominated for an oscar for that movie too wasn't he um i don't remember what's eating gilbert i think he was yeah i think uh at the time he was the youngest uh nominated actor interesting i'd have to look it up yeah uh, all right, time for my number two then. Yeah, uh, my number two is Twelve Monkeys. I knew it. That's uh, in my honorable mention. I was wondering how high you'd have it. I thought you would have it at number one, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Twelve Monkeys. We'll get to my number one, but Twelve Monkeys is one of my favorite movies. Uh, it is in my top one hundred movies yeah. of all time, as are the top uh, three on this list. Um. So yeah. Um. Is it really underrated? Do not enough people know about 12 Monkeys? I try to shout it from the rooftops as much as I can, but it, it feels like it's just kind of one of those movies that is kind of lost to people. Um, I think that a lot of people look at 12 Monkeys and they haven't seen it and they just expect uh, an average sci-fi movie mm. because it's just Bruce Willis, you know, and it has, I'll say, you know, because a, a Brad cover Pitt. is what people just, Brad Pitt's, he was, okay, Brad Pitt was nominated for an Oscar for this right. movie. Um uh, I think that people don't realize what this movie, because it's been done. Mm-hmm. It's not I want to say copy, but they've took they've taken the formula for Twelve Monkeys, right? And they've done it so much now. But at the time, this was groundbreaking and just brilliant. So I think that people should check it out and appreciate it for what it's done for movies through the years. I agree. I agree. And again, and it's a great movie. And again, people who listen to my stuff could probably repeat it with me. It is the example of how you do time travel uh, and yep. and make it feel consistent and make it feel correct. Um, and I'm not saying that's yeah. how you should always do time travel. It's okay to do time travel that feels inconsistent because it's such a tricky thing. 
Um, but you do have to stick to your rules. That is, you know, kind of one of my things. But um, but this movie not only sticks to it, its rules, you come out of it going, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, and that's hard yeah. to do with time travel. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's it's kind of my go-to of time travel done right. Uh, what is your number two, even though I think I know it? Uh, I'm going to go with Reservoir Dogs. Oh, I was incorrect. I think you've either forgotten a movie or maybe you don't like it as much as I thought you did. Um. Uh, it, does it start with big? Is that the movie <laughs> no, you think? No, it doesn't. Oh, okay. Now, Reservoir Dogs is uh, definitely a a love movie for me because it was the first Tarantino movie I was ever introduced to. Actually, me too. Um, I really I think that a lot of people jump in with like Pulp Fiction or something like that or uh, Kill Bills, but uh, Reservoir Dogs was the first one for me, um, and it it made me appreciate his style of filmmaking, which I think he's kind of done away with now that if you look at his movies now he used to do that you know the the times hopping you know back and forth back and forth mm-hmm. i don't think he really does that that much anymore i think his movies are a lot more linear now but uh at the time just seeing you know uh mr pink and mr blonde and mr black just uh, going back and forth you know and how many twists and turns that movie had yet still felt so cohesive I think it's a testament, honestly. It, it is one of my favorite Tarantino movies, but how that movie makes sense having it jump around as much as it does with as many characters and with as many plot twists, the fact that the movie still makes sense is astounding to me. And it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Yep. All right. Your number one. Uh, my number one is Groundhog Day. Um, yeah. Honorable mention. Yeah, I uh, I think I talked about this last. I think it, for, I think it's possibly been on every single best ever challenge ever for me. I don't know. Is, is that possible? Is it fit every category we've ever done? It's going to be in ten thousand <laughs> uh, best ever challenges. Until it feels we're done. like it. So I don't know that I have a ton more to say. It'll just feel like I'm yeah. repeating the same day over and over again if I keep saying the same thing about the movie. Uh, but it is it is uh, obviously one of my favorites. So Groundhog Day had to yeah. be a number one. Well, honestly, that's how I feel about my number one because I think it's been in my best ever challenge, like my mm-hmm. like list every single week for like the last month. It feels like, yeah, The Lion King. Yep. I don't know how this movie just keeps finding categories for me to just go, oh yeah, that's number one because uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's my favorite uh, cartoon animated movie ever. I love it. Yeah. I will say this because you said that you were surprised that the one that you uh, thought was going to be my number one hasn't been mentioned yet. The uh, the six movies, like my top six, even the ones that like weren't in my uh, in my top five list, are all in my top hundred movies of all time. So oh okay yeah I so there's a lot I I I thought Jojo Rabbit might be in there. It's number seven. Yeah yeah okay okay so yeah. I not I'm not I didn't fail too hard. Uh, and thinking no. that was one of your favorites. Um, do you, do you yeah. want to go through some of yours, or do you want to go back and forth? How do you want to do our honorable mentions since there's so many? Uh, we can go back and forth, and if we have something we want to say about it, we can mention it. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll start off real quick. Uh, Big Fish was the one that I was uh, alluding to. Mm-hmm. It's it's the only Tim Burton movie besides. I shouldn't say that. I gotta quit saying that because he has movies that sure, I like. Sure. Um, but uh, 
it is my favorite Tim Burton movie. So I, I yeah, had that in my uh, honorable mentions as well. Um, mine are in no particular order. Uh, a fish called okay. Wanda. Uh, speaking of fish, love it. Um, I think it was yeah. worth mentioning. Black Panther. Yep, had that in mind too. Yep. Uh, Birds of Prey. I think worth mentioning. Oh yeah, the new Harley Quinn yep. movie. I, I honestly I forgot about that one. It's actually a fun movie. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Of course, this was so. Yeah, I, I mean, come on. This is this is like one of the greatest films of all time. Nurse Ratchet is like one of the most evil people ever. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, classics, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, I think is worth mentioning. Yep. I'll take that one off my list. Uh, Black Swan mm-hmm. on my list as well. Oh, that is. I think I will put Natalie Portman in like for that movie the top performances by an actress of all time or an actor in general. It's so good. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Ant-Man. I really enjoy Ant-Man. So put that yeah. in there. Uh, a movie that I know you and I both love to so much. That's lion. The dead Patel. Yeah. Movie. I had that too. Oh man. That movie made me cry a lot. <laughs> it's a great movie. It really is. That's one that's kind of fallen way under the radar, too. I don't think a lot of people have seen that one. Um, But Lion is definitely worth a watch. Speaking of Lions, uh, Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. I enjoy that movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot there's a subtitle for that movie. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I always just thought of it as Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, Deer Hunter. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. That's a rough Vietnam movie, but it's very good. Uh, Speaking of uh, deers, or speaking of hunting, I should say, uh, The Fox and the Hound. Oh man, I forgot. I love that yeah, movie. I forgot about that it's one. Great. Yeah. Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's classic. Everybody loves. Absolutely. Um, I also really like Of Mice and Men. I have not seen the movie. You should check it out. Uh, it's uh, Sinise and uh, Malkovich. And man, they're yeah. great. Uh, Elephant Man. Good. Good. Um, let's yeah, see. Love it. Uh, Isle of Dogs. I enjoy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this one's kind of close because it's just turned into one word, but Batman Begins. Eh, yeah. Yeah. I thought about the Batman stuff, and at the end of the day, I was just like, eh. You know, the Batman movies I really like didn't have Batman in the title, so I don't know. I just thought, I like Batman Begins, yeah, but yeah, Dark Knight is like, wow. That's fine. Uh, butterfly Effect. You know what? I think that this movie's underrated. I think that people just look at that movie and like, oh, it's a Ashton Kutcher movie. I think it's a surprisingly good movie. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming. Yep. Yep. Uh, Raging Bull. Yep. Uh, uh, for as much as I love uh, boxing movies, uh, I think this one's a little overrated. I think that there are much better boxing movies, sure. but it's it's good. I won't give. I won't knock it for that. Um, and then one that I was so close to being my number one, snakes on a plane. <laughs> it's a fun uh, movie. I don't care what anybody says. No, it's. Not. I love snakes on a that plane. So it's bad. a fun. <laughs> it's intentionally bad, and that's what makes it good. Okay, all it's, right. It's like it's like Sharknado. You don't watch it expecting right. to see. You know, you're right. It's it's like Sharknado, and I don't have Sharknado on my list either. Well, that's that's your fault. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, here I... I w- okay, I would rather watch Sharknado or Snakes on a Plane than First Cow oh, any come day. On. Any No, I'm being 100% oh, serious. the pain, the pain. You know, it's made worse by the fact that this. most people don't think this is a great movie, or even a movie they remember exists uh, that I'm going to mention next, and that's Mr. Popper's Penguins. But I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like Mr. Popper's Penguins. Yeah. I have had it with this mother effing milk and this mother effing cow. <laughs> See, that would make the movie a trillion times if better. If you say so, if you say so. Did you have any yeah. others? Uh, no, uh, finish out your list. Uh, the, the only last one I have uh, on my list is Eagle Eye. Which uh, is worth another shout out. Oh man! Oh, oh! I just thought of another one. Oh man! How is this not on my list? Eddie the Eagle. Yeah, that's a good oh. one. Oh, fun. Oh man! I love that movie so much. <laughs> I'm mad at myself for uh, forgetting that one. But yeah, also Eagle Eye, a, f- a fun movie. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, I'll say it's a fun movie. It's a great movie. I really enjoy it. Ridiculous, but it's fun. Um, the uh, ridiculous. What? What about Eagle Eye? Is ridiculous. That's the Shia LaBeouf movie, isn't it? Um, am I thinking of something different? Eagle Eye is the Shia LaBeouf movie, I thought. Maybe maybe I was thinking of something. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I was totally not thinking of Eagle Eye. I don't even remember what I was thinking of, um, what that movie is called. What's the... what's the Oh, Eye in the Sky is what I was thinking of. Oh, oh with uh, Helen yes. Mirren? Yes. Yeah, that is a rough movie, but man, that movie is good. Yeah, yeah, I would have never, I would have never put Eagle Eye on my list. Yeah, Eye in the Sky is so (laughs) good. Eagle Eye, (laughs) it's a movie called Eagle Eye in the Sky. Maybe you know we can sure. Uh, but no no all right let's move on i in the sky i'll champion that movie yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's move on to the buried treasure uh what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want people to know about uh andrew what do you got uh i'm gonna list a whole bunch of stuff that isn't my buried treasure to get to my buried treasure so there's a new game uh, that just came out called ghost of tsushima it's a game about uh samurai and stuff like that and it got me thinking about a bunch of old westerns that i love you know um that i don't think a lot of people realize are actually based on old samurai movies like the magnificent seven one of the most famous uh uh westerns of all time is actually based on a akira kurosawa movie called seven samurai and uh one of my favorite westerns is a fistful of dollars and that movie is based on a japanese film called yojimbo and it just got me thinking. What's a uh, what's a Japanese like samurai movie that I haven't seen? And I looked one up, and I finally found one. It's called Harakiri. H a r a k i r i. Came out in 1962. I had not seen it, but I watched it this week. Holy cow! It is an amazing movie. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Harakiri means, is it's a uh, a tradition for a samurai or ronin. A ronin are samurai who don't have a lord. So if I say ronin, just know that it's the same thing as a samurai. Uh, but harakiri is a ritual suicide that they go through if they have dishonored their name or would like to, uh, uh, in the tradition, they would like to retain their honor in life by dying this ritualistic death. 
And uh, it follows this uh, samurai who goes to a a, an un, a lord's house. He's a ronin. He doesn't have a lord. And he says, I'm starving. I uh, I don't have anything. Uh, I'm dying. Would you mind if I used your temple to, you know, perform this ritual? And they're like, that's interesting because we just had another samurai come here. Or another ronin who wanted the exact same thing. And th- it's them telling stories about... Uh, what their intentions are and what the intentions of the other samurai w- were. It is a fascinating movie. Like, if there's a movie I'm going to tell people, like, if you haven't seen, go and watch. It's going to be this one now. Harakiri. Very nice. Harakiri. Very cool. Um, I have been revisiting a lot of movies uh, over this uh, self-isolation time uh, that I remember liking, but am curious if it holds up. And I went back and watched Nick of Time. Do you remember the movie Nick of Time? I don't think I do. This is a movie starring Johnny Depp. Uh, Christopher Walken is uh, in there as well. It takes place in uh, real time. So it's an hour and a half movie that takes place over an hour and a half of movie time. And it's basically the story of a man who and uh, his daughter who are abducted and told that he has to... Uh, take a hit out on this person or else uh, he and his daughter will uh, be killed. And so he has to do it within 90 minutes. And so the movie then follows the tension of him figuring out how to save him and his daughter and not uh, kill this person. Um, So it is not well beloved. Um, I think it has in the thirties on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I just remember enjoying it, and so I wanted to go back and watch it and decide if I just enjoyed it because I liked the real-time conceit of it, or if there's actually something there. Um, And after watching it, uh, I can see why I liked it, but with my kind of 2020 eyes, I can also see this is not a great movie. It's very over-the-top, it's, you know, and it's the mid-90s, so it's, you know, it may be a movie of its time in some ways, Um, That pun you know completely intended of course oh um, it's a john bradham movie okay yeah so so anyhow uh, i kind of come away from it going nah probably not as good as i remember it but uh i can still see what i saw in it um that that i thought was fun so um just kind of one of those things where you know nostalgia kind of wins out a little bit uh over nice. over reason and you know wisdom uh, so I wouldn't say it's de- it's one you definitely have to rush out and see, uh, but or you know find because uh, actually I don't even know where this would be uh, streaming for you. I just you know have it uh, from a long time ago. So um, you can rent it on Prime for three bucks. Well, there you go. Um, I don't know if it's worth your three bucks or not, but um, it's <laughs> it's definitely Johnny Depp doing more of kind of a you know, normal type character, which is fun to see. I, I kind of, that was one of my favorite things rewatching it was just like, oh yeah, Johnny Depp was a really great actor. You know, I mean, he still is. I just mean, he's so eccentric, you know, people know him to be so eccentric. He's a character actor. Yeah. And all his roles now. Um, and this is kind of a straight down the line dad. And, uh, I think he plays it well. So, um, so yeah, there you go. Nick of time, uh, from 1990, Five, which would have been right when I was in college, which probably explains a lot. Um, so, makes sense to me. Well, we did it, man. We did a podcast. Yeah, we did. Woo! We uh, we managed. We, we, we milked we milked that podcast <laughs> for all it was worth. Yes. 
That's a phrase. Yes, that works. That works. Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching for Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Thank you, buddy. Uh, big thanks to Phil for producing the show. Thanks, Phil. Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at 3 bucks a month, and you get a whole bunch of fun perks that you can find at patreon.com slash siftpop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to comment, rate, leave a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, you can also email us if you have a question, feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than milking in the dark. Uh, we will be back next week with some more fun pop culture stuff, and you should see a very short Sif spoil on First Cow in your feed if you want to take a listen. See ya. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.